the Luminous Possibilities Podcast. We offer a diversity of perspectives from many fields of medicine, esoteric and ancient wisdom, and subtle energy, arts, and sciences. Find deeply fulfilling pathways for co-creating yourself, life, and human communities around you. Find inspiring attunements to your own optimal living roadmap, true authentic self, and the most radiant frequency for living life to the fullest. All right. Hi, everyone. I'm Keenan White, your host of Luminous Possibilities, and I'm here with Danielle Court. She is a transformational soul coach, and today we're going to be talking about creativity and the surrender to the creative process and Danielle's journey and the work that she's doing into the world. And creativity is a pretty big topic, so we're going to we're gonna wrestle with the, the boundaries of what creativity is, which there really are none. Um, so we're going to, we're going to find some direction and, and find, yeah, just some fun ways to share with you to the, to the rest of the audience. Um, yeah. What's happening. So hi, Danielle, welcome. And yeah. (laughs) So, um, yes, tell us a little bit about yourself perhaps and your story and how you sort of became a transformational coach. And I know your roots go back into um, the East Coast and New York, and you spent some time as a fashion designer. And I find that to be like quite the interesting lead into the work that you do now and and where you're finding yourself to be. So if there's even a pre-story, take us there. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Go there. So um, yeah, you know, I, when I was young girl, I was uh, uber creative and outgoing and friends with all the kids on the playground, I would, you know, play with the boys and you know, soccer. I'd put the girls in the monkey bars. It just depended on when, what I was inspired to do that, you know, any day. And then I went to a new school in third grade and somehow it was like all, all the kids already had clicks and I couldn't, it seemed like I couldn't make friends and whether I could or not, I, just, I made a story of it. I was like, well, people obviously don't like me. Something must be wrong with me. And, you know, before that at my old school, which I loved and missed, um, I, I was an avid drawer and I would, you know, draw these really cool creations and um, teachers would stand around and watch because I had such detail to my art and it was just really flowing through me. Well, I got to this new school and I remember a time when uh, we were all, you know, drawing, making Valentine's Day stuff, something like that. And I put something under the paper in order to trace it because I didn't feel like my own creations were good enough anymore. So I, I literally traced it to make it perfect. And um, that's, you know, recalling, recalling that story helps me understand when I started on like a path of like needing to be perfect or needing to be something other than I am. And so this kind of took me on a path to, you know, middle school, which was a really hard time for me. I mean, I will say traumatizing, um, I mean, we make our own world, like we create our own world from within. So I know it what had to do with my own thoughts and, and low self-esteem. And that was, you know, that's an ancestral thing. Maybe it was something I carried through um, from other lives, but I was dealing with it. I did not, I was not confident and I didn't have, you know, that same self-esteem I did when I was really young. And so I was bullied. I was not, I, I, by eighth grade, I stopped creating my art altogether. I actually started sewing in sixth grade, making my own swimsuits and stuff and had a lot of fun with that. 
But then by eighth grade, it was like, I was just looking around seeing what everyone else was doing and thinking that I wasn't good enough. And so I needed to be like them. And they were doing things like fake tripping in the halls and like laughing about it. And I like, it wasn't funny to me, but I'm like, I guess that's what you do to be cool. <laughs> and so I was just trying to imitate other people. But by eighth grade, I was, I, I, I was a shell of myself. I mean, I, and I couldn't make friends because I don't know, I just kept getting rejected and it was just this whole saga, but I was a shell of myself. And um, I came close to committing suicide. I even had the knife up to my wrist and it was really, I mean, looking back, I can see, like, I didn't, I didn't really have an outlet. I didn't, and I didn't allow myself to have an outlet. I didn't um, feel like I had purpose in the world. I didn't really care. I didn't think that anyone would care if I died. And it was just a really sad time for me. Um, but yeah, it was, it really had to do with like stuffing down my, my true colors, my true expression. And um, yeah, just not, not trusting myself or my, or my, you know, what came out of my mouth or what, what I had to say. And so I stuffed yeah. it down. Yeah. And it seems like their safety is a big part of that when you don't feel safe or you don't feel like you belong. There's almost kind of like a threat to, am, am I, do I need to change or do I need to adapt to the situation to be okay? Totally. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And so, yeah, I didn't feel safe. Um, and, you know, I luckily my mom helped, you know, helped me move through it by suggesting I go to a different school the next year so I can have a fresh start and um and that's what we did i went to a new school and i was able she, she kind of helped me realize because that was sort of her thing too is she suffered from like lower self-esteem and um you know depressive thoughts and so she was like why don't you just pretend to be confident you know so that's sort of the that was sort of the survival mechanism i used to get through my high school years and things did get better but it didn't mean that i was you know authentically me and expressing myself i was just kind of getting by and having fun as like a normal high schooler would but you know that creativity inside of me that my true colors really didn't start coming back out I mean college I felt a little freer but again once I started on my path of transformation when I was about 25 which is uh, and the reason is is okay so <laughs> became a fashion designer and then um, at some point I was like, something's calling me. It's, it's more than what I'm doing. I'm, I'm enjoying this, there's creativity, but there's also a lot of red tape when you work in the fashion industry or in any of these corporate industries, you know, at all. It's, there's, there's red tape, you know, you got, there's the bottom line, you've got to sell the designs. And so, yeah, you have a little freedom, but you know, so. Um, right, it's a little bit more of a pressurized container and a little less freedom. Some freedom, but yeah, like doing your own show is pretty much like, yeah, yeah, the best. Yeah, the best, right? But of course, you know, I didn't really see that as a possibility at the time. So I, but I, so something, something deeper was calling me, and really, what it was was my my higher self wanting me to go on this um, deeper path and 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 really search for what would make me happy because. Um, you know, not to mention that I, I, I manifested, so I learned about manifesting and I manifested the, this job um, at Calvin Klein. So, so I manifested this job at Calvin Klein and, you know, I, I had learned to, to start manifesting. Um, and so I manifested like everything, everything I thought I wanted. I, I manifested the, this apartment in Soho, um, my dream apartment and, you know, the wardrobe to go with it. I was going to the clubs, getting through the red ropes and just, you know, meeting cool people. I mean, I thought 
my life was super cool. And, and, and there was, I mean, I, I, there was a lot of fun with all of it, but one day I was sitting in my apartment and I was just realizing like, I'm not that happy. And it surprised me because from, from, from my standpoint, I felt like this is the, like, for me, this is the American dream. Like I'm doing, you know, I'm doing everything that I was told would make me happy. And, and I just wasn't. And um, so anyway, I, I, I really had to take a step back and go within. And that's when I started to, um, you know, attract, started reading all these personal development books um, and starting to realize what, what it is that I was truly seeking and really what it was, was, was fulfillment. And, um, you know, maybe I had success, maybe I had these material things, but what I was really seeking was fulfillment. And so um, I was guided, you know, over the next year or so to start looking into a way to get into the personal growth industry um, because I just found it so fascinating. Like the inner world is vast and so much to explore. And, um, and so then I, you know, I, I was getting, you know, some different visions of my life coming through and, um, you know, speaking on stage, different things. And I was like, well, I can't do that. And so why don't I just start with like one-on-one -on -one work? And so life coaching came into my field and I um, took a, a training program for that, a year long training program with the support of my boss at Calvin, actually, she was so supportive and it was beautiful. And, um, and then I moved from out of that industry into my own coaching practice. That's awesome to get that support from your boss. And even though, you know, there's a little risk there, like she yeah. could potentially lose somebody that's very viable. Right. Yeah. So we when for, for a bit. Yeah. So that I would work part-time and, and then I would just ease on, ease out and she could. Nice. Find yeah. That's awesome. That's a nice, nice relationship. The way we can end things sometimes can be really beautiful <laughs> to see a transitionary yeah. space. Um, yeah. Yeah. Allow for what's next. Um, right. Yes. Yeah, so I am curious, like when you first got into coaching, like what was the, what was like the, the, the way that the fashion industry blended with that? Did you learn certain people, uh, certain ways of working with people or certain skills through that industry that translated really nicely into the coaching? Or did, was it a little bit more of like a jump and a leap? And yeah, it was definitely a leap. Um, <laughs> you know, around that time, well, I'd say for one, I wanted to help people manifest what they wanted to manifest. So that's why, you know, becoming a coach made so much sense. Like I'm very much a cheerleader. I want to see people like live their best lives and manifest what they, they truly want. Um, and now, now I knew that I would help people not only manifest what maybe their ego identities wanted, but like beyond that, you know, what their true heart desires were. Um, but then also, you know, I, I started working with plant medicines um, that year after I uh, started working for myself and those transformed my world significantly. Um, just being able to, yeah, like work, work with these plants and get these higher messages coming through. You know, that was my way. I mean, you can meditate. There's so many ways to bring through your higher self or these divine messages, but um, that worked really well for me. And so, yeah, the blending of it, it's a good question. Or it's, a, it's a funny thing, Keenan, because for there was quite a few times over the years that I was thinking like, maybe I could bring fashion in um, a little bit. And it's still actually, you know, something I'm 
considering like now that we're talking about creativity, right? So it's been on my mind, like how, how can I bring creativity to more of the forefront of my life again, you know, coaching, it, it was so part of my purpose and it has served me so well. Um, so how, how can I um, support people in their creativity um, just as much as I support them moving through trauma, emotional traumas or integrating parts of themselves? You know, um, and I mean, I suppose you could argue that some of that work is creative and energetic and um, all of that. But I guess uh, for myself, I'm very much like a, a visual creator, um, although I like music too. But anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's cool. I mean, like I, I, I took a little uh, like jaunt into software engineering and computer development for a while and well, software development and it's like, oh, wow, like a coaching, you know, I'm doing coaching now as well. And, and to take that like leap, so to speak, was interesting. And um, I think about it in terms of learning these ways of writing scripts for programs when you hit a button or you um, you want to do something on a web page or within an app, it's going to trigger a set of instructions. And that set of instructions is is something that was pre-programmed. It was, it was a pattern or, or like a, a program set up to run a certain set of um, basically actions. And the way I look at people is that we, we were, I don't, you know, think that we're machines. I kind of like, I love this idea of like the ghost in the machine. Like there is this, you know, like spirit that like moves us and moves our bodies and so forth. Uh, but I think about it, you know, is that, you know, in some ways we're, we're born and, and we're, we're born into like this womb space with our parents and our mother. And we have like a certain set of patterns and instructions that are in, in some ways already given to us. Mm -hmm. And then somebody comes over and pushes a button, <laughs> whatever, however that's going to be, whether they say something or they actually touch us or whatever it is. And then a set of instructions actually runs. And there's a way of reprogramming that of like changing the script and changing the scripts that run, right? That I think you're probably very familiar with. Um, so I wonder if there's anything like in, in the process with designing like clothing and, and like a tire that might be like part of that same creative process where you're, you're taking people into a field of knowing how to bring something into life, right? Because yeah. it, it seems like you're really focused on like how to help, help people manifest what's at their, their heart's truest calling. And I, I see that connection to like, I think, you know, when we're in alignment to our genius, that's like when we, we get in this place where we're actually fulfilling the things that we're most missing mm -hmm. and fulfilling and filling the voids that we perceive to be there growing up. And if you didn't know necessarily like where you were, or you didn't know like, um, yeah, like what you wanted or like what makes you fulfilled and happy, like you, you're helping people find that. And in that process, sort of like finding it in yourself as well. Um, but I, I guess I'm, I don't, I'm talking about a lot of things here, but um, I, I, I can see the connection a little bit of like, huh, like with, you know, designing a piece of clothing, like maybe that piece of clothing doesn't exist at all. And so you're playing with this space of like, how do we create something from nothing? And in mm -hmm. some ways that's, that could be something that people play with, with what they want to dream up in their lives. It's like, all right, I've been running this pattern and doing this thing for so long. I don't yeah. really know what I want. And I feel like I'm birthing something out of nothing. I need some help. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a good correlation. Definitely. Because, you know, we have to get out of our own limitations and get into the world of possibility. 
you know, a lot of times I'll have clients be like, well, you know, I, I can't imagine that. I don't know what that would feel like. And that's where we have to use our creativity and our creative imagination to move ourselves into feeling something that we maybe have never experienced. Like, you know, if someone's never felt like they were truly loved or touched in a loving way, like, how do I, what, what would that feel like? But we are such creative beings that we have access to that if we just tap in, tune in to that, um, or just make it up, you know, like then that's really what we're doing all the time is we're just making, making things up. We're telling these stories, whether they're limiting stories that were passed down to you from your ancestors or whether they're these um, brand new stories uh, out of thin air, like you said, um, or whether your higher guidance is bringing through these new stories and places to explore and you're, you're going with that. You know, we, we're, we're making this all up uh, as we go. So yeah, we are all like magical creators, constantly creating um, out of thin air pretty much. Yeah, and sometimes like, yeah, like what you wanna create it, if there's infinite possibilities, it's like, how do you choose one? And I think, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, I, I kind of see, when I think about creativity, I think about like, just like a mad scientist lab or like one of those um, people that, um, is in like a warehouse and they're like on the trapeze and they're flying in and they're throwing paint onto a canvas as they go by or something. And (laughs) there's just like weird stuff happening. And it's like, I think the more we experiment and we touch in with like our senses and we get like this kind of like momentum into the spontaneity of things, it seems like that's when like that creativity really flows is, is like, ah, like I can like, oh yeah. And this is just coming, coming through. And we don't really know where things come from and we we don't really need to right i think like the block to creativity like in my experience is the mind like really just thinking too much and being like well is it that or what is it and and then it's like really it's just like ah like just smish your forehead a little and like allow it to just like move a little bit or something right yeah yeah totally and spontaneity and, and surrendering to what wants to be birthed through you or expressed right without judging it and i, I it, it ties in so well because with with the point i was wanting to make earlier is just like when i was young you know it's like i was judging all of my expression all of my creativity so i just shoved it down because i want to fit in out there and so i, I feel like you know with a lot a lot of people even if they're just opening their creative capacities and playing, you know, with some paints and stuff, um, what shuts it down is, ju- is judging it. Be like, that's ugly. Okay. I'm done. You know, put the paints that away. It's like, you could be this blossoming prolific artist, but you wouldn't know cause you just shut it down, you know, with your judgmental mind. And it's too bad because we look around and I mean, yeah, not, I mean, I would say most of the world's not tuned into their, I mean, yeah. Full blown creativity and expression, like definitely not, but so we can't really look around and see, you know, what are we here to embody and share and create because it's not going to be out there. We are all such unique souls and we are all here to create such different and yet brilliant and beautiful things. Um, and so it's really, that that is the internal journey that I will continue on as I, you know, continue to open my creative capacities and support others in that um because it, it's you're not going to see it out there if you're trying to fit in out there you're, you're you're doing it wrong you know it's really it's a it's coming from here it's a blossoming from inside yeah. of you it wants to be expressed yeah it's like we i yeah i really i think that's that's awesome it's um 
yeah i just i love your your awareness of how you connected to like yeah like the judging piece and like seeing that that like that was in the way and like that's in some ways like the judgment that you had perhaps like um towards yourself or whether other people were around you judging you like was one of the greatest teachers because it was like showing you all along the way even though maybe it was painful in a lot of ways to be like out of touch with what was really true for you but it was like the pressure cooker to like show to really push you into a place that um yeah brings you into this this awareness which is really like a blossoming awareness like you spoke to um and yeah i think it's interesting like with creativity the, one of the things that i've been exploring um is just i'm always interested in creativity in general of course but um steve steven chandler is a really he's a really great coach and i've been following his work for a little while and he wrote a book called creator and it's good it's like it's like um it's really simple and easy and like the way he puts things is really witty and i like how he says you know like most people think that they're not creative because they they measure themselves to you know like the person who is doing the van gogh oh well i'm not like a van gogh or a mozart and it's like well but you are a creator and like the greatest creation really is creating yourself you know and i i like to tie that into like the purpose work um as well like that people can do and like um you know if you're if you're finding like a purpose really like to me like the ultimate creation or purpose like is you and so like finding like that like like you said like going within not going on the outside to go find it because if you go look everywhere else and like try to find that thing like what about what should i do what's my purpose what's like the thing that i want to be doing in life it's like you are it like it's the back of your head (laughs) kind of and so the more you you really just like allow yourself to go in um i think this would this would be a nice segue to ask you about your process around surrender is like you know what does that word mean to you in terms of creativity and, yeah. and, and kind of underscoring its importance yeah perfect yeah i mean so this is perfect because you know when when i realized i was sitting in my apartment right back when i was working in fashion and i was like what you know what's missing oh it's you know it's fulfillment you know, it's not that what I was doing before wasn't fulfilling. So the fashion career that I had was absolutely fulfilling. It just had come to a point where I was ready to blossom something new. And so, you know, and that was uh, moving into service work, you know, in addition to my creativity, but it didn't make my fashion experience wrong. And so I had, what I had to do was I had a surrender <clears throat> I had already created, which was manifesting a career as a fashion designer and, and, and really surrender it for at least the time being knowing maybe I could revisit it, but there was this, you know, other calling moving through me and coming, coming through me. And so I had to, um, yeah, I had to surrender what I had already spent years doing and and creating. I went to school for that. I, you know, I, I moved to New York. I mean, I, I, I built a whole life around that basically, you know, and then whatever ego identities I had created around it, I had to unravel that too, because, you know, I got nice attention for working for Calvin Klein. I mean, people were like, that's so cool. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. So I, ha- I mean, it was like kind of having to, you know, mourn a part of me, you know, a death, a, a death, but really I mean, it was like an ego death, but it was also the death of that old project and old um, manifestation and then being able to birth something new. And yeah. Yeah. It takes surrender. You know, it really, it really does like birthing a baby. It 
got to surrender what wants to come through you. You've got to let go of what you were doing before because you can't hold on and then like <laughs> try to do this over here. It's really, you got to let go. Yeah. I feel like that, that seems to be like the challenge space I've found myself in is like making that leap because it is kind of like, all right, if I want to go over here, like, do I just jump ship or do I like, I don't yeah. know, like, you know, just, sort of ask some people to, you know, arrange some things. So there, there is a ship there that I can hold on to the ship yeah. I'm already in and then jump off. And I think maybe that's a There's graceful way to do it. Yeah. It's, I guess <laughs> what I'm talking, yeah, I guess, I guess what I'm probably trying to say is like the holding on, um, from like the gripping of fear or something, but you can still loosen the grip. And then like what I did, my, my boss was on board to help me move into this other thing. And so I worked part-time and I built my client. So I didn't have to take the full leap, you know, which was really supportive. Totally. Um, yeah. I think the distinctions you and I are making are, are different, but I, I love how, yeah, like you had the smooth transition, but I think the distinction you were making was around like, if you're yeah, you're still in relationship to the old and there's all this emotional stuff that goes along with like where you've been. Yeah. And so like, if you cling to that, then you, yeah, you kind of block. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I've been loving this idea lately. I've been feeling into this one around the idea that uh, like making space is a creative act. Mm. And so like, and like really getting that. Cause like I, there's a lot of times where clutter builds and that, that can be on my desktop. And like all I've like got so many things I'm like, got, you know, like flowing through me and like notes everywhere. And like, you know, there's just stuff around. And then to take the time to get out, to get things like ordered and clarified uh, and cleared out and everything feels like I'm going the opposite way of creation and, and like getting along on board with the idea that no, like that's actually like, that is a creative act that that making of space and i think it ties in nicely to what you're saying of like if you don't make space for your past and like the things that you've yeah. done and like clear that out like what make peace with it and and find the space within within that then something can open up and and maybe that's another part of like i guess what we're like pointing to with this creative process and creativity is around this idea that yeah like it's coming through. And if, if there's all this stuff on your desk or whatever, then how does it come through? Totally. Like the metaphor yeah. of stuff on your desk. The metaphor of like <laughs> all the limiting beliefs and the rigid, you know, obligations to trying to fit in or be like, you know, whatever that blocks that. So you kind of have to, yeah, surrender that, make some space inside of yourself. Definitely. Yeah. Do you have space making like practices? Like I, I know, and similarly with the plant medicine world, I think was a really big way that we've probably, yeah. I mean, we've shared experience with that. And I think it's a big space making world. I, I, yeah. I mean, I guess my practice has just been about um, really, you know, like for instance, like someone will invite me to do something and maybe I'll get really excited, you know, in the past or whatever. I just, <laughs> I go through this, but working on it, but you know, they'll invite me and I'll be like, yeah, let's do it. And then days will go by. I'm like, wait, is this aligned? And so I'm getting better about, you know, asking before, but then if it's not, you know, I can feel like, no, this isn't quite it. Let it go, you know, bless it, bless the, you know, people and just keep letting go. And I've had months and months of like not receiving the divine inspiration, but somehow deep down knowing that that's what I exactly what I need is months of just, I don't know. I'm in the question mark. I'm making space. 
and it can be very uncomfortable <laughs> for most people. They're like, I need to be doing something. I've got to get a, you know, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And I've got to create or what, you know, and yeah, it is about creation, but it's also about moving with the cycles of your life. There are these creative cycles of your life. And there are times when you do just need to step back and, and relax, you know, like maybe it's a summer, take the summer, just <laughs> books, like yeah. enjoy, drink, like give yourself a break. If you've been <laughs> creating for like eight months and take some space and then see what wants to, you know, whether it's that same thing wants to reinvent itself, that project, or if it's something new that wants to come through, but without that space, you're just to run in your turning your wheels and there is yeah like you said there's no space for the new yeah and it's it's it yeah it's really great yeah like it makes me think about how um like when we're we're creating a new identity yeah like um we have to like use the imagination to get to the new identity right like dreaming up the new identity yeah. and then the the old identity sort of like fades away a little bit um but I think it's me, it's like, it sounds so easy. It's like, oh yeah, like make space. Perfect. Like how easy is that? And then like, there's also like, it can be challenging, right? Cause there's, there's the patterns that show up, the, the stories and the scripts that are there that are like, no, I have to work. And um, even just the cultural programming that is, is embedded in us to, to just, you know, we've been, I, you know, I grew up and I think you probably did too, like where I went to school, like, you know, woke up at seven 30 and like got home, at like five o'clock, like every day for 18 years mm. or well, you know, not my whole life. Like I started, I guess at five kindergarten, but um, that's a long time to be programmed that I, this is the amount of time I need each day to be productive. Productive. Mm -hmm. Right. Get, get things done. Yeah. Or otherwise you're, you're a nobody or you're, you're lazy or you're, you know, um, a, a bum. These are all faint labels we put on people. And what I'm finding in my awakening and creative journey is that it's just so extremely important to be lazy, you know, lay in bed, just relax. And, and again, like I said, it's, I mean, I'm finding it cycles, you know, it's never going to stay like that. It's continue, you're going to continue to be, you know, creative and create things, but the level of, you know, uh, pressure that we put on ourselves, especially in this country, <clears throat> I, I notice um is is it's really heavy really heavy yeah the, I, I think yeah definitely and i think fundamentally we live in a creative universe like when i was studying yoga um spent some time in india and the my teacher highlighted this point like god is power and power is imagination or is like some sequence of of these things like power is um yeah power is god god is imagination one of those ways that he put it and i was like that's so interesting to think about like the like if like imagination it's just this creative energy it's this creative force um and i wanted to tie it into what you said i trying to trace the thread here like um the last thing you mentioned was around the programming um yeah i get i guess i'm kind of just going with the with the idea that um yeah, like tapping into the fundamental like fabric of the universe helps us touch in with the natural cycles that are really taking place. Because I mean, I'm an astrologer, like I, I follow the patterns and the cycles that go with, you know, the earth. And like, there actually are times where it's like, all right, this is a great opportunity. Because that's really the way I see it is like that when planets 
move around in the sky, there's the energy is ripe for a certain thing. And there's a certain thing that's being created. Um, and so to tune into that and, and like allow more of like nature to take its creation for you, I think yeah. is like a really big part of the picture. Yeah. So how, like, how do you um, experience that in, in your own life or how do you coach people through yeah. like tuning into their own rhythm or, or like yeah, have, creative I have, thread? <laughs> I, have a, uh, I guess I could say it's a, yeah, I think it's a good example, which is that when I um, got the, let's see, how did this work? So uh, I got a LinkedIn message um, a couple years ago and the, the, the person was a, a mentor for authors. And he was just like, have you ever considered writing a book? And I was like, yeah, I've been wanting to do that for long, <laughs> eight years. So I write him back and basically we got in a conversation, realized, okay, this is, you know, this is a really wonderful opportunity for me to start my, my first book. And so I did start working with this mentor and, um, you know, he had, he had wonderful things to say. Um, I'm still working with him by the way. Um, and I was trying to write the book, um, from a certain perspective within myself, which I mean, you know, I'm me, but I'm multidimensional. I have different aspects going on. I've got my inner teenager. I've got my inner child. I've got me, I've got my higher self. And so, but, but what I, what was happening is what do you know? I caught myself stuck in what, what felt stuck, but it was like a writer's block a bit because I was getting some stuff written, but I was um, coming up against the perfection. And it was just taking me ages to write this freaking book. And, you know, my mentor was like, okay, time's a ticking, you know, it's just take six months and now it's been eight months, now it's been a year, like what's going on? I didn't know, I was like, I don't know. It's just, I, I'm having, I just could not, you know, get through it. So anyway, um, how did that go? So then I had to, to surrender basically. And um, what happened was, I mean, I think I just had to hit a, a wall, a brick wall a bit, like of, of me trying to push this thing through, this creative thing through. I was like me, my ego, whatever, trying to push it. And it was hard and it was arduous. <laughs> it was like, oh my God, this could take 10 years to write this book. So finally, um, you know, I work with a, um, a Amazonian snuff, uh, tobacco snuff called um, Rape or Hape, if you've ever heard of it. Um, but what it is, is you, you just, um, you take the snuff, you put it in a little pipe thing and you blow it up your nose <laughs> and, um, your first time can be a little like, whoa. Um, but basically what it helps me do is it kind of clears my field. I have an intention when I work with it and I'm able to meditate really deep with it. And so, um, my, you know, at some point, I can't remember when, but basically I started receiving some, some messages, you know, like, oh, you know, and I'm like, oh, thank you. Higher self. And then some really cool messages were coming through. I'm like, I should really um, record this because I was trying to write them down, but it, then instead I started to record them. And then I realized at that point, after a year of trying to write this book, that I'm like, these messages could be the book. So then I started sitting down with the rape with the intention to bring through you know, another um, segment. And I started to fill my book with this very fluid, ease-filled, channeling if you will way and not only do i enjoy the process but i mean i mean more than that i feel really good bringing it through and it's easy all i have to do is just take myself and sit down and you know give myself the space to do it so i guess 
with that whole story being said, it's just, um, I, I, I had to surrender to my, my soul, my spirit, who wanted to bring through this, this um, channeled text because it's also you know, the vibration of what I'm bringing through. And that adds to this art piece of a book, um, which, you know, when someone looks at your art or reads the book, they, maybe they don't know it, you know, um, maybe they don't totally know that they can feel it, but they can, they can feel the vibration of it. So if you write something, let's say, and it's like, it was an arduous process and it was hard and you didn't enjoy it, you know, that's what they're engaging with. That's what they're tuning into. And so when you look at a piece of art or read something and you just, you can feel the vibration. Um, and I know I've read books and they shift me. I'm like feeling my energy shift as I'm reading their, their channel texts. But so there's these higher beings bringing through higher vibrations. Um, but the, I guess I just, you know, that piece is, is important to me is like, it's the energy behind the creation. It's, it's about the journey. It's about you enjoying the creative process. It's not about getting it right or getting it perfect or, you know, meaning it. I to love me. that. But yeah. Yeah. I love that. I feel like that's, it feels so spot on. Like, and it was going kind of along with the, the chiropractor I was working with. Um, she's been on before Amanda and she's a network chiropractor. And we just, we always, I go see her. Um, I've been seeing her weekly for a little over a year and some of the the coaching work that we've been doing, she's been coaching me through, you know, what's going on in my body and the soul stuff. And um, yeah, what, what's present in my body is oftentimes like a gateway to your soul. Right. Um, but this idea that like, well, where I've been landing more recently has been in this place where like, wherever I go, whatever I do, there is my nature. Right. And like, it's, I was kind of like feeling into this idea for a long, long time. I don't know where it came from, but it was that it's the nature of the work. And so it's like, it's a very different idea of like the nature of the work versus the nature that you have in your work. And I feel like I'm, I'm landing more in that place of, Oh, it's like my nature that I bring to all of my work. And if I'm working in a way that's rushed or busy or, like not really restful, like what is, what's there? Like the, what's there going on inside of me that's making my work that way versus it versus me labeling it. That's just the nature of my work, right? Like, I feel like that, that distinction is really important because that, that, that is like getting in touch with owning the creativity and owning the creative process of your, your life or a project like you're mentioning, like writing this book and sharing about your experience and how like the actual experience of writing it actually is, is practically the book versus it being like the pressurized like story and words and things that come together. That is the book. And when people talk to you about your book, like when it's finished, I can't wait to read it. And it's going to be like partially, like, I think fun to just talk to you about it versus reading it, but then even reading it and then getting to, to feel the energy that went into it. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's amazing. That's, that's a great way to see your process and Thank engage you. with, with something that's not an easy, like it's kind of a daunting task. I started writing a book a yeah. couple of years ago and I'm like, I stopped and I was like, okay, maybe not, not right now. And so I, I tabled it. And I think that was a good move for the time. Yeah. Um, 
but I'm about to get back into it and it's, it's a great reminder. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And it took creating a lot of space and time to just keep going. You know, I mean, now that we're almost at the, well, let's see, year and a half mark, we're at the year and a half mark since I started it, but it's, yeah, I mean, staying dedicated to it and just giving myself the time and space when I could have judged myself and been like, well, I could be making more money, you know, or make doing this or doing that, but it's truly what wants to come through me at this time. And so I'm just staying the course, even though it's taken, you know, however long and yeah, it's worth it. it And it feels like to me, like when you're writing it, when I was writing my book, I'm like, oh man, it's like, I'm taking all this time away from my life. And I'm like writing this book. I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to finish it. And like, there's all this stuff that comes up around that process. Right. But then at the same like time, like the timeless things that human beings have left on this planet are books and like these artifacts or relics or like texts or like things that, that get left beyond, beyond our lifetime. And so people pass and then we still have access to like, you know, whatever the theory of relativity or, you know, which is aspects of that we're finding are like um, becoming obsolete in a certain way, like from quantum physics and other things that are there. But if it wasn't for that book, like, so yeah, I I guess I'm just like seeing books and and like, like it's such a creative act because it's, Mm-hmm. It's something that's living that embodied your essence and that also carries through time. Yeah. In kind of amazing way, like people can touch in with you and like what you're going through and like, yeah, yeah spark, get something sparked in them that, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> Thanks. Um, and then, yeah, well, one other thing I was going to share um, when it comes to surrender uh, is mm-hmm. that I, so I, I kept asking the question, how can I bring more creativity into my coaching? And so then this earlier this year, I was like, oh, okay, you know, I want to bring together a group of uh, women, you know, I'm called to work with women, although sometimes I do work with men, but um, I want to bring a, a group of women together, you know, at, but the funny thing is when I first started with this group, I, I told them it's going to be like a mastermind, you know, we're going to support each other in our, you know, whether it's creative endeavors or our businesses or whatever. So that's what I was starting up, but I told them but we're going to stay very open, you know, to what this could be, because I like to see, you know, spirit come through and inspire us and see what could actually unfold. So we don't, you know, just go to in it, like, this is what it is. And so we, we did, we stayed open. And um, within the first two sessions, we, we came together on zoom and there was four of us women. Um, we realized that each one of us had a pe- a puzzle piece to creating both a song and a music video. And so, um, you know, one, one woman, for instance, had just uh, published her first book of poetry and she had, you know, these, these poems, which were inspiring us. And we were realizing, well, those could, you know, be songs. They're so beautiful. She, she also like channeled this book. And so then my other friend, um, my other friend, Alex, she was like, well, I could, I could sing it. And then my other friend, Lisa was like, I could, I've made music videos before I made one from TV and I was like, and I love editing video and the creativity of creating the video and the song, like everything inspired all of us basically. Cause we all wanted to get more into music, something that only Alex had done professionally, but the other three of us were like, we want to play with music. And so, yeah, we, um, we took, I don't know how many weeks now it was, it was a three month process to basically write the song and record it. So um, that's done and it's a beautiful freaking song. Like if anything came out of 
our three months together, I'm very happy about this gorgeous song that the, the words behind it and the vibration behind the poetry is just very, very beautiful, very heart opening. Her book, her, her book is all about heart opening poetry. And so we have this song and now we're um, each of us taking video and we're gonna you know, record ourselves or have someone record us in these like, you know, silky gowns or silky whatever in, in nature. And then we're gonna put the videos together. And, and yeah, I mean, it's not gonna be like um, MTV production but it's definitely gonna be our expression and a collaborative one at that, which is really fun and cool. Um, Highly creative. <laughs> and so anyway, <laughs> we had to surrender to what that group was gonna be. No one, no one could have guessed that that's where that was gonna go. Yeah, that that's, yeah, it's such a good message because I feel like that's what happens, right? It's like we, the thing, the best, some of the greatest things that get created, it seems are not birthed initially. They're like, it's like, oh, I'm gonna go down this rabbit hole and I think I'm gonna create this. And if you really can stay open, like you said, I think that's when a lot of the things, sometimes like a flash of insight comes through and you're just, and even if it was a thing that that didn't happen, right? Like you started as a mastermind and it's like, oh yeah, we're just gonna support each other in our professional realms. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, this, and then you stayed open. I can't wait to hear it. So where can, can we listen to this song? Yeah, so we'll we'll launch it once we have the the video, but um, absolutely, I'll share it with you. Yeah, awesome. It'll be good. Great. Well, it's been super fun talking with you, Danielle. You're such a beautiful soul. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, like, is there anything else you want to share today about your story, your journey? You want people to know anything? Um, I guess not yet. I will, you know, once the, the book comes out and stuff, I'll have more to talk about. Um, if anyone yeah. is looking for, you know, transformational soul coaching services, um, it is such a uh, passion for me uh, still. And so, um, so, particularly if you're looking to open up your creative capacities, um, you can just visit my website at daniellecourt.com. Um, K-O-R-T is spell last name but i'm sure you can put it in the, the words on the video Kenan. yeah i'll put it in the show notes for you awesome yeah well we'll we'll catch you on your website or elsewhere and um yeah i look forward to seeing you in a couple months in florida me too very excited All right.